and welcome to our What is God Saying for 2022? I'm so excited for this. This is our annual, uh, the prophets are sharing. I love prophets. I love prophets. I hope you love prophets too. Um, we're going to talk today about um, all these different prophets. Uh, we have Kim Owens, Bishop Bill Hammond, Patricia King, Jamie Galloway, Joshua Giles, Chasden Strickland, um, Barbara Yoder on here. We have generations of prophets. And so I'm super excited to hear what God's saying through them. And I think what's so wonderful about prophets, you know, we're called to be servants. We're called to serve the body. Um, but we're also called to prepare the body for what God is doing. And so um, I'm excited to hear these voices. So before we start, I have a couple announcements that I wanted to share coming up. First, we um, I'm for working on a book right now called When Generations Run Together. It's the heart of God for us to uh, uh, to to run together as generations. And so I have this book that's coming out. So many of my heroes have written in it. And so I'm excited to see that it'll come out March 20, 2020. So in just a couple months. So we're trying to just get it out. Um, you know, in the Jewish calendar, it's the year of the house. And so I believe God is not just a local church getting the house in order, but our houses are in order. And so his house is being in order. And I, it's like, this book is going to come with a Malachi 4, 5, and 6, and the Elijah and Elisha, like a clash together of those two. Um, I believe the hearts of the fathers are turning to the sons and daughters, and so we get to do explosive things together, and so that's always fun for me, right? So I tell my friends that, you know, my my age group can encourage me, but my, the generation above me strengthens me, and so when we learn to run together, we'll just push the kingdom of God, and so um, my spiritual mother and father are on this program today, so it's, it's so fun to have them together. It's easy to run with them. They are some of the most Christ-like people that I know. Um, and so I think you guys are going to enjoy this book coming out and you're going to see your hearts healed. Uh, you know, it's, it's a real test. Anyone that's really an Elisha or Elijah can say it's hard. You know, um, you know, when Elijah said it's a hard thing, he like he really was sharing with us some things ahead of us. And so if you're really going to do the Elijah Elisha thing, you have to be willing to stand there and and just learn how to run together and so i'm excited about the book it's our first book coming out and so um our second thing is next in well in two weekends um we're going to be doing our we prophesy in the northeast it'll be a king and king's church in baskin ridge new jersey and so that'll be open to the public and that will be prophets coming in together um that will all come together put our mantles together and just prophesy into the northeast and um i know pastor kim owens is going to be uh, uh, quite a bit up in new jersey the same time i am in the in some of I think at the same time a little bit. And so we're just going to just prophesy into New Jersey and the Northeast. And so that'll be fun. Um, also, we have another prophetic culture, which um, that's coming up on February 1st. And so we're going to talk about what's God saying to the church. And um, Patricia actually sent me a word from Tommy, who, um, you know, grew up under spiritually under Sharon Stone in England. And uh, so we're going to get Tommy on there. Patricia will be on there. We'll talk about what God's saying to the church. Um, and so that'll be February 1st, but let's just get rolling here now. And so I wanted to start with Pastor Kim Owens. I'm talking about a fiery 
one of the purest people in ministry I've, I've ever met. And so Pastor Kim, um, I call her my revival prophet. Look, I don't know if there's a revival prophet, <laughs> but I always tell her she's my revival prophet. So, um, so their church has been experiencing a move of God. I love, like, I love local church. I love, um, you know, like, like for us, for, for what we do is we help with prophetic teams. We help with local church understanding prophecy. Um, her bent is she's teaching pastors and apostles how to steward revival and still have the local church feel in the middle of it, that you don't have to lose the local church. And she does it all with the fire of God. I've been in their church, like, I got, she knows I had a huge encounter with God after she prayed for me. And so God really knocked me for a week, but, um, so it's been good. So I want to welcome Kim Owens and she spoke this message. I think she's going to share a bit on it today. And I thought, wow, this is really where we're going. God's going to mantle and give authority, you know, to people that are prepared for what God is doing. So welcome Kim Owens. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's an honor to be with you and all these other wonderful people, um, for such a time as this. And that's really um, where the Lord spoke the phrase to me or, or illuminated the phrase to me. Great authority comes to the prepared ones out of the book of Esther. I was reading <clears throat> and we know that story well, how Esther went into great preparation um, and then the authority was handed to her. And I don't know, you know, read that that book and that uh, story so many times, but it just kind of came alive in my spirit, especially for 2022, 22, 22 being uh, at has become to be identified as the number of governmental authority that is birthed through prayer. Um, the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder so he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall open Isaiah 22, 22. And it just leapt off on the inside of me that great authority comes to the prepared ones. And one thing that I exhorted the congregation this last Saturday night as I preached this message that we can't walk into uh, 2022 just at pre, uh, uh, assuming that we're walking in this great authority just because it's got the number 22. And uh, by no means do I want to demean anyone's excitement and their uh, and their declarations or anything like that. But I believe if we're going to decree it and if we're going to declare it, then we must be prepared to walk in it because we all know that our nation, our nation, the church in this nation and our nation needs the ecclesia to truly walk in the governmental authority that this verse is speaking to. And I believe that even the revelation that I myself heard of through Dutch Sheets, the revelation of this governmental authority on the number 22, I believe it was for such a time as this and that we have to recognize that it is a this time for such a time as this and I believe the prophets and those who are uh, flowing in the uh, the Holy Spirit and hearing the Lord are are sensing that it is a this time uh, 2022 is a this time and so we have to be uh, as I said in this message the prepared ones and preparation is being in proper readiness and condition and in order to literally and I told the congregation I tell your viewers today, we're not just walking into 2022, we are walking in 22. In other words, governmental authority that is birthed and sustained in prayer. And so in order to do that, the price, uh, we don't just tout that, we don't just uh, 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 foolishly put that out there, but we do what it takes to put ourselves in a condition of readiness and in order. And the cost is high and the price is high, and we got to keep our lamps 
full like the wise virgins at virgins in Matthew chapter 25 but also go through the preparation like we know that Esther went through in the book of Esther 12 months which 12 is the number of governmental authority but there was great preparation and this is what kind of kind of stuck out to me not a new revelation but I believe it bears repeating especially in this year of 2022 is that it, I believe it, that sometimes we can go uh, being trained for a lifetime, even this era of the church, even this uh, generation of the church, we can be trained for all of these generations, all of the camps and the circles and the and the moves of God that we have had, we can be trained for a lifetime for this time. We can be trained for all of this time for this time. And I just choose to put my faith that because we're going into 2022, indicative of governmental authority that is birthed through prayer, that as we prepare ourselves properly, that grace is going to come to the prepared ones. And I'm going to talk really fast because I only have 10 minutes, but grace is going to come to the prepared ones. And I sense, this is what I felt the Lord speak, that I sense that this can be, it can be a year of immense harvest and victory for revival, revival being the sustained presence and power of God that results in transformation and reformation. And there will be great authority given to the prepared ones, but we cannot skip the preparation process. And this pre preparation is perpetual. And I, we all understand this. We have to continually check our lamps and our postures and our protocol and our readiness as Jesus tarried. And this, this spiritual authority in this 22 must be stewarded continuously in this end time move of God. It demands continual preparation. And this is what I felt the Lord say, don't skip the preparation process and don't assume that you're prepared for what this year holds. We have to posture ourselves. Uh, I'll get to in just a second in three or four ways to know that we are we are continually prepared to walk in this governmental uh, uh, authority as the ecclesia is supposed to do. And here's what the Lord said. I felt it impressed that the Holy Spirit said, presumption will be the only limitation of this authority this year. A presumption, assuming that it is there, taking for granted that it's just, I'm going to just walk in 22 without paying the price to truly carry it. And what happens, that's a dangerous place to be assumption is a dangerous place to be because when we walk in assumption we make up stuff pretending like we carry it and we don't really carry it and so we got to be very very careful and grace will run out i felt the lord say and and and, and please know the spirit that i say this in i know the lord is a gracious lord and, and his grace is is there for us but i'm talking about the grace that we've always fallen back on when we really didn't have the goods we've fallen back on a grace and i felt the lord speak that that grace is not going to be there anymore that the lord is really separating and bringing his remnant to the forefront he's bringing the remnant that carries uh and the 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 full authority of the Lord to the forefront and is going to become more and more evident. And here's how it's going to be more and more evident is because the fruit is what will prove that we walk in that governmental authority. There are many that come to the party. There are many that come to the wedding, wedding like the, the 10 virgins. There are many that come to the, the events, the conferences, if I can say it like this, the revival. But where are the prepared ones? The prepared ones are going to be the ones that we see stepping to the forefront, the remnant that are walking in 
the fruit of 22, the governmental authority. And here's what happened. Esther went through an intentional preparation to get into the king's presence to obtain the authority that she needed to expose wickedness, to depose the enemy from his position, and to impose God's will and authority and set it in place. And so because of that, what I just said, I know it was a mouthful, but just because of that, we've got to make sure that this year we stay in that perpetual readiness and order of the Lord to walk in an accurate and an authentic uh, governmental authority as the ecclesia. And so, and here's uh, two or three things. Purity matters, the Lord says, because Esther went through this beautification process externally, but for us, it's internal. And the Lord says, purity matters. Purity matters because when we don't walk in purity, we walk in arrogance. And that's, that's just there. That's it. When we don't walk in purity, we walk in arrogance. A telling sign of impurity is overbearing pride and arrogance and unprepared warriors exalt themselves, but prepared warriors exalt him. And here's the bottom line is that in 22, he must increase and we must decrease. He must increase and we must decrease. John the Baptist didn't go out to see them. They came to see John the Baptist. In other words, John the Baptist was lit on fire with the authority of the Lord, a voice of one who carried the authority of the Lord. And because of that, the people came to him. And as a result, it caused transformation. The second thing that the Lord spoke was that humility matters. Humility matters, purity matters, and humility matters, because without humility, we operate in manipulation, and this is a weapon of choice if we do not have humility, and there's a whole lot more than be said on this, but here's the bottom line. It is possible to do right things with a rebellious attitude, and when this is, this is, this is true. It is possible to do right things with a rebellious attitude, but here's the thing. Jesus was a motivator, not a manipulator, and there's a, there's a, I guess, a fine line there, but motivation in our modern church culture has become so soft and it has become shrouded in the fear of man that we have gone over into manipulation and not motivation. Therefore, correction has been correct replaced with coercion and mentoring by manipulating. But Jesus motivated, not manipulated, but he spoke strongly to things, but did it, of course, in love. And this is what must happen if we're going to not just walk into 2022, but we're going to walk in 2022, which is government authority. The last thing the Lord says is he said that strategies matter. A purity matters, humility matters, and strategy matters. I don't know about y'all, but I've often wondered, you know, Esther did the two feasts there, the two banquets or whatever she did. The, the two, And I'm thinking, why didn't she just get Haman on that? You know, I mean, the, the first go around, you know, why, why didn't it just the first, but there was strategy there that the Lord had given her. You do this, you do this. And, and much of it was because she had fasted in prayer and had others fasted for her. And I do want to say this, and I'm probably over my time. So I'm going to quit here in a second, but I, I felt the Lord say this, that we've got to go off the grid more in 2022. We have got to go off the grid more. And I know that we're on social media right now, and this is a wonderful tool. And social media is one of those ways that we can go off the grid from time to time. But the Lord really spoke heavily. You're going to have to disconnect from other things and other voices, all the chaos, all the chatter, because more than ever before, we've got to hear clearly the clarion call of heaven's voice and heaven's uh, throne room so that the ecclesia number 22 can boldly proclaim the word of the Lord. And so strategies matter. Esther had a strategy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this banquet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to expose him. Then I'm going to depose him and they're going to impose. And this was the last thing the Lord says. 
She wiped off the residue of captivity of her people by her and Mordecai operating in full authority. The Bible says they wrote with full authority the, 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 the Purim, uh, the, the declaration of victory. And this is where I believe the Lord is taking us. No matter the warfare, the residue of captivity of 2020, because I felt the Lord say, you're not going to walk in 22 if you're still walking in 20. And so we have to wipe off the residue of 2020 and we have to be, take on the mantle of 22 of the governmental authority. And after this preparation, this continual preparation, the Lord says, I'm going to grace the prepared ones this year. And, um, and the church in this nation will celebrate as they did Purim, many victories in 2022 on a personal level, on a corporate level, and at large as the body of Christ. And the nation will see the literal, the literal uh, uh, fruit of the governing body, the church in this nation in Jesus name. Amen. Wow, that's so good. Great authority will be given to the prepared ones. I love it. I love it. And so Pastor Kim, can you just share really quick if if there are pastors watching on here and they would love to say, hey, we want to do this. We want to host the presence of God. We want to host revival. We want to do it in a local church setting. Um, what are some things maybe they can connect? I know like from this message and their doorkeepers, you can go to Fresh Start Church on YouTube and you can watch um, this full message that she unpacked. Um, but how I know you guys have monthly gatherings. Maybe you can encourage some pastors and maybe tell them how they can connect with your ministry if they want you to come in. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're Fresh Start Church in Peoria, Arizona. We are a suburb of Phoenix, Arizona, and we're out here in the West Valley, and uh, we've been in sustained revival now into our seventh year. Um, we call it doorkeepers of revival, and that God wants to raise up doorkeepers of revival, those who hold the door open to revival in every territory in this nation and the nations of the earth. And so uh, the Lord has graced us. Um, we've been following one um, breadcrumb of the Holy Spirit after another over since the birthing of this uh, uh, over over seven years ago and he has shown us um, in a local church setting which we believe is crucial very very important um, to know how to steward a move of God and pastor a local church in your city um, you don't have to forego a, a move of God to grow your church or to have a healthy church a healthy growing church and so yes they can watch us online with a YouTube uh, a video uh, account there uh, they, they can subscribe to and watch numerous uh, messages and sermons on revival, sustained revival. I've written a book called Doorkeepers of Revival. They can get that at doorkeepersofrevival.com. You can go to our website um, and get that. Uh, you can log on. I would encourage them, Elizabeth, and go to our November this past November, Doorkeepers of Revival Conference, and uh, they can watch all the sessions on there, not the day sessions. You have to purchase those, but they can watch all the evening sessions and get the spirit of revival uh, there, but any anything they watch uh, will uh, that will be transferred to them. And then the first weekend of every month, we host our Doorkeepers of Revival weekend. We just finished that this last weekend for January. They're welcome to come join us. People come from all over the nation, and of course here in the city uh, to uh, be a part of that. And anything that we can do to help uh, hungry people and pastors uh, to birth, build, and sustain revival, uh, we would love to help do that. Awesome. So good. All right. We want to welcome um, my spiritual father, Bishop Bill Hammond. Um, you know, Bishop is our five-star general um, and he's, he's like the lion and the lamb. He's the kindest man I know. 
Um, he is so loving and kind and my gosh, he's helped me through so much stuff. Um, he's, you know, walked me through a lot of hard things. And so I just love him with all my heart and so appreciate him. He's such a great father to so many amazing people in the body and just really help them with their prophetic call and uh, building the prophetic movement. And so he's known as a father of the modern day prophetic movement. So welcome Bishop Hammond. Amen, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. And thank you, Kim. That was a great word. You got about half of my points here, so I'll, I'll re-emphasize them from where God spoke them to me. But um, I tell you, Kim Owens and them, you go there, you think, man, I want this, but it's not an overnight deal. I mean, this is their testimony. They paid a price. I mean, uh, day and night going at it. So, uh, But it can be done wherever, because they obey the word of the Lord. Well, I started uh, giving the word of the Lord in uh, 87, um, for 1988. And, um, far as I know, we were the first to ever do that because back in 87, 88, not too many people were talking about prophets or being prophets. And, um, uh, I remember the, the three words that I used it was the title was, uh, I talked about update, relate and activate. And that's a good, that's a good word for a lot of married folks too. But, um, then we, um, Kept, we, I was doing it mainly for Christian National Ministers at that time. Then we expanded a little bit, uh, a little bit more than a few of my more ministers. They started doing it than others. I did. And now we got hundreds. Well, you can see uh, I'm, we've got ours going Monday. We'll be worldwide with all of our 3,000 ministers around the world and, and uh, about 1,000 United States and all of that. Uh, and there's, there's hundreds and thousands. And when I told people when God spoke to me that he was going to restore the company of prophets in the spirit and power of Elijah, and the Lord told me there'd be 10,000 on the North American continent and 100,000 around the world. Well, you couldn't find that. You could count on your fingers how many prophets were known in 87 and 88, and were recognized as prophets and received as prophets. And But thank God now there are all over the world, and they're getting to that, that number real quick, and that God's going to finish thing. But I want to talk about... <clears throat> something God spoke to me real specifically. Now, I've been giving the word of the Lord every year for 34 years. But one thing I noticed, uh, one time I took time out, I've got the records of most of those words for every year over the last 34 years. And I took about 10 years and went through and read them. And I noticed something. Uh, a lot of the prophecies said 1988, God's going to do this and this and that, or God's going to do this in uh, 1990 or 99, et cetera, like that. Uh, but I noticed that they didn't always come to pass in in that coming year. But I would notice as the years went along, it all came to pass, but maybe two or three, four years later. And I asked the Lord about it. He said, well, what your prophetic word is, he said, now at this date, God's going to start doing this, and this will be the new phase, the new purpose of God and the things of God. So what we're telling you today uh, may not all come to pass in 19, I mean, 2022. Uh, but they will come to pass. And same as your personal prophecies. If you've had prophecies and some prophet put a date on it, don't worry about it. It's, it's true. And if you're to hang on to it, you will come to pass. I have prophecies coming past in my life. Uh, it happened 50 years after I got the prophecy. So God can come on the roof for you. But I was, I was seeking the Lord what he wanted me to share uh, at our October conference um, in last uh, October. And uh, I was shocked and surprised at what God spoke to me. And rarely do I get a real, real download uh, of divine revelation. One time it uses a, like a spirit of wisdom and revelation. But God spoke specifically from his heart and mind to me. He said, tell my people that 
during the next six months, that would be from October through uh, April, I'm going to be coming to settle accounts. And that's a phrase from Matthew 25, where Jesus is given an illustration and said the master went away for several years. But before he went, he called his servants together, three of the major ones, and he gave one uh, five talents. Uh, the, the Passion Translation calls it five golden coins. I like that because it gives you more meaning to it. 5,000 golden coins. And um, then uh, he said, and then the next guy, he gave him 2,000 golden coins. And then the third one, 1,000 golden coins. Now it says in the word that he gave it according to their ability. In other words, the master knew his servants real well. And he knew this was able of worth five talents. He could, he could handle that and work that. This one, two, and this one, one. And then it says he went his way. And then, then it says the one that had the five thousand five thousand uh, golden coins, uh, he went out and traded and worked and worked and worked with it and up and down and back and forth. And, and I don't know how many 20 years or 30 years, how long the master was gone. Our master Jesus has been gone almost 2,000 years. And, um, but he came back and he said to settle accounts, to settle accounts, to check out what they had done with what he had given them. And, um, and it's, the first one came to him and said, well, here, master, you gave me 5,000 golden coins. Here, look at the books. Here's what I did. And here, your balance now is 10,000 golden coins. Now you have 10,000 in your account or before you, I, when you gave it to him, it's five. Then the one that he said to him, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. So he next would come with the 2,000. Uh, golden coins. He said, well, master, see, here's my accounting book. You can see here what I did. And, uh, <coughs> and I almost got, I almost got bankrupt right there, but thank God I prayed and believed work. And now here we have 2000 more. So here's 4,000 golden coins. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You're, you've been faithful a little, and I'm going to make you ruler over more. I mean, much, much more. It says in one translation. Then the man he gave the one talent to, the 1,000 golden coins, he said, he's came here, well, he said, I, this is my book. This is where I deposit. I, I never deposited money. He said, really, uh, Master, uh, you know, I know you pretty well, and you're, you're a tough character, and, I, and, you, and you demand profit. And I, I was afraid to go out and try to trade and work and, and use this money because I was afraid I wouldn't make a profit. You'd be upset at me, and, and I know you're a hard man, and you expect a return on everything you do. And, uh, and the master listened to him for a while and looked at him and said, you mean you didn't, what'd you do with my money? Well, I dug a hole in the ground and I put the money in that. And I kept, and every once in a while I took it out and shined it up and I kept it over. Here's what's yours. Exactly what you gave me. No more, no less. I give it back to you. And Jesus wasn't very happy with that report. In fact, <coughs> excuse me. In fact, he said, you, let me, I'm using about six words that's in different translations in this chapter, in this verse. He says, you lazy, worthless, unfaithful, wicked, uh, you know, I mean, several words. Are just, he said, why, if you thought I, I demanded interest, well, why didn't you take my money at least and put it in the bank and I draw interest on it? At least I'd have something to show 
putting it, just putting it in your in the ground and burying it. I don't have anything. It's just the same I gave you. And boy, I tell you, here's the truth you better get. God is not satisfied if you give it back to him just what he gave you. Because God's for checking you out to see how you've used what he's given you. And even, <laughs> you used to have an old saying in Oklahoma, even Stephen won't cut the mustard. In other words, give him back exactly what you got. It's not going to be good enough. God demands increase and increase. Have you grown any in the last five years, 10 years? Or are you doing any more, doing any different? Or are you just marking time with what you've got and been satisfied? Well, so Jesus then, uh, he really, really just, I, I can imagine Jesus sitting there thinking, man, alive. This guy wasted my money. I mean, he didn't, he didn't lose it. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't lose it. So, he, but he didn't use it. Now, look at that. If he had lost it, you know, and, and tried to trade, and he lost it all, like a guy gambling, you know, and you gamble last time, you lose it all. But he didn't lose it all, but he didn't gain anything. So most, you know, most people, most Christians think that they are safe and good standing with God as long as they are not guilty of any sins of commission. In other words, they're not doing anything they shouldn't do. But they don't realize you can get as, as much trouble with God and as bad relationship with God by not doing what you should do, called the sins of omission. You can omit doing what you should have done. Elisha, I mean, uh, 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 get the king here. Um, uh, uh, Saul, you know, he, he was told by Samuel, go and do this and this and this and do it this way. And he didn't do it that way. And he went, but he didn't do it the way. And he says, I've done the will of God. He says, no, you didn't. You didn't know what I told you the way I told you. And, 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 and God took away his kingship. He said, if you'd obeyed me, I, you, your, your lineage could have gone on indefinitely. But now I cut off your lineage. You'll be the last of the kings. And I'm releasing, removing my anointing. There's going to be a demon. The powers of hell are going to be oppressing you. And you're going to be sad and miserable most of the rest of your life, probably. And in such a state without the presence and anointing of God. And um, you need to realize that God is concerned about that. And um, I, I wanted to read what the master said him who the one that neglected to use what he was given here's what he said take the money from this man that didn't use what he has take the money from this this man and give it to the man with ten thousand wow for the man who uses well what he is given shall be given more and he shall have abundance. But from the man who is unfaithful, even what little responsibility he has shall be taken from him. And throw this useless, unprofitable, lazy servant out into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know what all that means, but it doesn't sound good. Now, during the next six months, God told me that during the six months period of October to April, that he is going to be checking everybody out and finding out if they've used what he's given. And, and I said, Lord, why are you are checking it out right now? He said, because after April, I'm going to have angels going on assignment to release anointings, empowerment, and those have proven they'll use what they have, even under difficult situations. 
I'm going to empower them. I'm going to give them a glory anointing, and they're going to go forth and do exploits to glorify my name. He says, I'm going to shorten the days because the days, he said, I'm going to shorten those days, you know, Matthew 24, 22. He said, I will shorten those days for my elect's sake. And he said, because of this going on, and, and the third reformation is not going to be as long as the first and second. God's going to shorten it down and, and to finish the job. And, and God's going to raise up men and women that will demonstrate the glory, demonstrate the power. And the Lord said, I don't have time to waste my glory on somebody that's proven they won't use what they have. And I'm not going to, I gave them time before, but they didn't do it. Now I'm going to check them out. And, I'm, and, and then I'm going to just gonna pass them by and I'm going to use those. And when I, and you get ready after April for the mantles to begin to drop, especially I have angels going. Everybody's got a different commission, different assignment and coming into it. And I tell you, I, I want to be ready for that. I want to be empowered. And um, there, there's such a uh, there's such an anointing for it. N neglect not. Let me just read a few scriptures. To neglecting. Neglecting can be a problem. Timothy 4.4 4 says, neglect not the gift that is within you. 2 Timothy 1.6, stir up the gift of God within you. How shall we escape or we neglect receiving the fullness of our salvation? Uh, Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to every saint. What are you manifesting? What are you manifesting? Everybody's given a manifestation of the Spirit. What spirit are you manifesting? Jesus ascended on high and gave gifts to men. John 10.10. 10. Jesus gave us eternal life and the life of Christ and that more abundantly. How are we using the life of Christ? Acts 2, 4, Jesus given us with our own spirit. How many of the 70 reasons for speaking in tongues are we using? And Philippians 3, 14, keep pressing toward the goal of Christianity, maturity from glory to glory until conformed to Christ's likeness, the fullness of the maturity of Christ himself. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, Ephesians 4, 13. Remember that the lazy, fearful, useless servants who neglected to take the responsibility to use what he was given from his master was removed from his ministry, cast out, and put in a position that was so miserable that there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then in Luke 12, 46, it says that the, the, the one that didn't do what they're supposed to and didn't obey beat with many stripes. And I'm telling you, I'm going to give you an encouraging word. Get ready. Get ready. This is about 10 minutes out of an hour I'm going to give Monday. But I, at this point, I just felt it's essential to let you know, because you're one of the few privileged that will understand you are being checked out. Others are going to not know it, but they're going to be checked out anyhow. And I want, I want God to put a good check mark, good. And because I want that double portion. I've been praying, pressing. Are you pressing to what you're believing? It's kind of like Kim said, it's not going to fall in. It's not just going to happen because that time rolled around. You got to press in. You got to die to self. You got to go all the way. And God says, if you'll use what you have and press on forward and show your determination, there's no limit what I'll give you. But if you're, if you're just floating along, drifting along, then I'm just going to ignore you because I don't have time to waste with those that will waste my glory and not use it. So, Lord, right now, we just pray that everyone listening will get stirred in their spirit, will get awake, and we'll be just like the three words we said, awake, arise, and shine, and God that will come forth in this day and hour. I pray for a spirit of zeal and a spirit of determination, a spirit of death to self, spending hours in prayer and praise and impress it in until we're ready to receive the glory because you want to come and glorify your glory on the earth. And we believe for it for every saint that's hungry and thirsting for the things of God. Amen.
Amen. Wow. Our five-star general. Wow. I'm telling you, I feel the fear of the Lord all over again <laughs> from that message. And so Bishop, I just love you so much. Thank you for championing the body and champion us to you know, keep our eyes on Jesus and just do everything he's called us to do. And so I even when I first heard you, if you want to hear Bishop's full message, you can either go on Christian International that he's doing this week, or you can go on YouTube um, and watch under Christian International is December 31st, word of the Lord. And so it'll really encourage you. And like I said, like I'm checking, I'm like, Lord, am I using all the talents that you've given me? I don't want it to be taken away. So not in a fear way, but in a way of just checking with the Lord and make sure that I'm doing what are you doing? Wow, Bishop, I mean, you got me fired up right now. So, all right. So we're going to go straight to uh, Patricia King and Patricia is my pastor. She's my spiritual mother. She is probably the most Christ-like person I know. And I love that she's a part of what we're doing. Um, she's a hero of mine. So many amazing things. And anyone that knows her knows she's the most kind, loving person. Um, and I just love that she is going to share with us what God's speaking to her for this year and this season of the church. And so welcome, Patricia King. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you for gathering prophetic voices uh, together. Um, so many generals that are that are on your panel here that it's just the words even so far have been so powerful. But I'm just going to get right into this word that I want to open up uh, today for our people. Um, and it's about going to war and understanding who we are as a king. And at the beginning of this new era, uh, starting at uh, Rosh Hashanah in 2019, um, there was a very clear uh, uh, perception that the Lord was giving regarding the entrance of the new era being very different from the old era. So from 1950 to the year 2020, it was a, an era of grace and glory and, and unfolding and amazing things that were progressing. But when we went into the new era, it was like prepare for war. This is, you're gonna have to live differently because it's a time of war and you live differently in a time of war than in a time of peace. You have to be way more vigilant, more diligent, more focused. You live sacrificially. And, um, and, and we need to be really focused, especially in 2022. So on December the 30th, um, uh, of 2021, I was woken up by the Spirit of God with the word, very, very clear, almost, almost audible. It was inner audible. I woke up and the Spirit said, when kings go to war. And it jolted me out of sleep. And I knew the context of that scripture um, out of 2 Samuel 11, 1. It says, in the spring, when kings go to war. And so the kings would gather in the spring, probably because it was maybe better weather than to uh, battle in or whatever, but it was a, a time when they would go to war, not so much to protect or defend their territory, but to aggressively possess and occupy new territory. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that we, we need to be positioned very carefully and we cannot retreat from being on the front line. And of course, in the context of that scripture, we know that David, who was a king, a warrior king, 
was supposed to be at war, but he chose not to go to war. I don't know why, maybe he was feeling complacent about it. Maybe he thought his team could do better, but he chose not to go to war. And as a result of that, he got warred against. And of course, we know the story, the fall with Bathsheba, they set up to see uh, Uriah killed. And he got himself into a real mess because he wasn't where he was supposed to be in that timing. And I felt a warning from the Lord as he was saying, it is really important that you are on the um, offense, on the uh, in, inside of an aggressive posture in this season. So when you're going to war, go out to possess and to occupy. Don't become a victim where you sit back in a corner and say, oh, I just got to beat the devil off. He's on me. He's, you know, I've, I've got so much spiritual battle going on right now. It's just so much warfare. And I've actually heard that from a number of believers already this year saying, oh, I'm just under so much attack, so much warfare. The devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. And no doubt the devil is probably doing some things, but that's not our posture. When the kings were going to war, they weren't back into a corner fighting off the other kings. They were to move forward to possess and occupy land and that's the mentality that God wants us to have in this hour and our posture for this is so very important we need to go with a victory mindset and move forward this is not going to be in many ways it is not going to be an easy year we've already seen the unleashing of a uh, so much warfare within the church, but also in the world coming against the values that the church holds on to um, in order to make the nations a better place to live. And these are being warred against. They're being warred against on a, a political level. They're being warred against um, in a uh, demonic realm. We even see within the church and relationships within the church, Leviathan spirits at war, twisting and, 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 and turning conversations and motivations. And it's like the devil would love to get in and have us, have us destroy each other. He would love to attack us from within if we don't have our mindset on the actual battle out there. So posture is very, very important. We must be um, very careful not to be in a defensive, protective posture, but in an assertive posture in this um, hour. And to remember, according to Deuteronomy 28, 13, it says that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. So in Christ, we need to remember our victory. victory. We need to remember who we are in him. I also believe that in this year, it is a year of recovery. And I was reminded of David and how as a warrior king, he had gone out to war, but when he went back to Ziglag, everything was taken. The women, the children, he had two wives that were taken by the enemy. The children were gone, their possessions were gone, and they came back to an absolute devastation because it had been conquered by the enemy or seemingly conquered. And he was distressed over it. He was uh, hurt over that. And we, we have to be real with our emotions when we're hurting like that. He had been hurt by it, but he didn't stay there. And he went and inquired of the Lord. It says in, in, in verse six of 1 Samuel 30, that David was actually distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. The people were embittered against him. 
but he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then he went and made inquiry of the Lord. And when he did, the Lord said, I want you to go and pursue the enemy. I want you to overtake the enemy. And I want you to recover all. And we cannot be in a position where we're licking our wounds, so to speak, and forget that we're in a battle that is to be pursued, where we overtake the enemy and where we recover all. So in this year where kings are going to war, and in Revelation 1 and verse 6, it says that we are kings and priests unto the Lord. We have to remember who we are. And so as we go out into battle, we go out to conquer. We go out to pursue the enemy, to overtake him, and to recover all. We don't just sit back in a corner, licking our wounds, saying, oh, that warfare took me out, this and that. No, we need to rise up as conquerors. 2022 is going to be a year where there are battles to fight. But, you know, David, as a king, he was excited about the battles and we need to get excited about the battles. It can't be an oh no hour. It has to be yay. I get to go and fight off the enemy. I get to go and possess and occupy his territory. I get to go and take him down and we need to have that right mental framework as well. That positioning as a winner so that it's not like a a negative thing and like, oh, the battle is so heavy. No, it's like I'm rising up in the strength and as my days are, so shall my strength be. And we're gonna win this war against the enemy. This is not a war against flesh and blood. We need to love, love, love like never before and win the love war, but we also need to fight the enemy off with every weapon we have and with full assurance that we win. And I just wanna take a moment to pray over all of you who are watching now, because I know that some of you are in your own battles right now, you're facing battles, but you are gonna win. You are going to win as you humble yourself before the Lord, as you remember who you are, as you stand inside of his love, abide inside of his love, and in faith, you are going to win. And I speak that word of encouragement into you now, and I decree the settled uh, victory for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good, Patricia. I love that. Such a general challenge in us in the season to rise up. And I love that, you know, when you're mentoring a whole bunch of us, you're always saying like, this is part of it. If you're going to push the kingdom forward, warfare just comes as part of the package. And so embrace it. So I think the next generation is having to learn how to be strong in, in the Lord um, to push forward. And so, um, and I just want to challenge those that are watching on here. If you feel like one of these are really just, yes, that's what God's speaking to me, whether it's Kim Owens or Bishop Hammond or Patricia, whatever. I want you to, as a first fruit for this uh, month, to go to their ministries and so a gift a financial gift into any of these voices that you are hearing on here uh today you said hey i want to sow into that message and so it's so good for us to sow uh, offerings and first fruits uh into uh where we're receiving from and so i want to welcome barbara yoda barbara is probably one of my longest friends um i love her she's fun she's fiery um right now god has such the mantle of the prophet on her in this season and she's walking in. And so um, I know that what she's going to share today is going to be so powerful and so weighty for the body. Um, so welcome, Barbara Yoder. 
Barbara, we can't hear you. Yeah, that's, I just saw that. Uh, I just yeah. wanted to say thank you, Elizabeth, for saying I'm your longest friend because uh, that just made me taller than I am. I really appreciate that uh, because I'm sort of a short little shrimp. But anyway, not spiritually, but but physically. But uh, I'm really excited. I've loved hearing what everybody said so far. My goodness, uh, Kim, I went online and ordered your book right away. Uh, powerful and uh, uh, Bishop and Patricia are two of my favorite friends. Bishop is my Bishop. So it's great to hear from everybody. But I want to share quickly, uh, I'm going to take a shotgun maybe and hit several different things that, that are really standing out to me in this season. And uh, we are in the Hebrew year 5782. Uh, which started in September and extends into now. And God has really uh, impressed that whole concept on my heart uh, that the two represents the house or the container. And two parts of that, uh, that I feel that I believe God is saying, you know, that we've got to come home to God. And uh, first of all, if, it, and to me, it's coming home to making him our priority, coming home to his presence, coming home to live from that place of knowing God and being in communion with him. And that, that he is our father, he's our God, he's our master, our Lord, he's everything. And he is the first and the last. It's with him and in him that we live and move and have our being. So he is our absolute starting point. So we've got to come home to God in this season. And I believe that there's a real grace for people to come home. Uh, some people uh, are, are afraid of coming home because uh, maybe they haven't been exactly right. But I, I say that God, God's arms are open to welcoming you home. The second part of that that, that I'm going to emphasize, it's greater than these two things. But, but to me, they sum up for me what, what I believe God is particularly dealing with me and as well as asking me to impart to others. This, the second part of coming home is coming home to ourselves. And what I mean by that is coming home to our authentic self, the, the person that God has made us to be, our identity in him. If we do not know who we are, if we do not know our identity in God, we don't know how to move forward. Uh, a mother, if, if you're a mother, you know how uh, to mother your children, a father, you, you know what your role is, you know what to do. And so whatever your identity is in God, that you're to get very clear about that and I believe that God is dropping new mantles. I can't remember who said that. It might have been Kim. It was either Kim or Patricia uh, was dropping new mantles in this season. And I think he's not only dropping new mantles, but he's dropping clarified mantles. And uh, uh, the whole thing uh, of, of identity and it comes out of not, not us thinking through it, not our own brilliance, but out of a Kairos encounter with God. It's a revelation that uh, who are you? And 
I'm a prophetic apostle, but I move back and forth. Sometimes I'm more of a prophet. Sometimes I'm more of an apostle. But but of knowing who you are, knowing how God's positioned you, and then and then moving fully into that. Bishop talked about that of of really uh, taking charge of who God has made you to be and be and stewarding uh, with with accountability and responsibility the territory that God has given you. And within this framework of coming home to God, coming home to yourself, one of the things that God has dealt with me over, and, and I believe it's a real word to the body of Christ. And it started in, in probably with me, April of 2020, that he's dealing uh, in, in a very serious way with us, uh, trying to deliver us from ourselves. And, uh, and, and he gave, he's given me four words in this season. And uh, one is profound humility, that we need humility before God, first of all, and humility before one another, secondly. Uh, that, that, that he's dealing severely with pride and arrogance in this area and that we've got to know who we are in God, but yet in that have a, have a profound uh, humility. That's the first word. The second word is surrender, that I believe if we're going to have a Kairos encounter with God, uh, where he overtakes us and begins to either define or refine who we believe we are, who he has made us to be, not who we think we are, but who he's made us to be. I believe that comes out of a, a real kairos, a now, an opportune time, a strategic time encounter that literally clarifies us, like Isaiah had in Isaiah 6. Uh, uh, Paul had it on the road to Damascus. Um, you know, you, you can think of when when the mantle, Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha. There's and and when Jacob, before Jacob got ready to possess his inheritance, God dealt very severely with him. And we can look at that and and think, oh, this is terrible, this is awful. But you can also look at the severity of God dealing with this, it's really our pathway into the new place that God has for us. And, and that Jacob came to a profound surrender just before he, he crossed over into his inheritance. He wrestled with the angel all night. I believe there's, there's a real wrestling in this season because we have got to be very clear. We have got to know our name according to how God has named us and not how anybody else has named us or we have named ourselves. I believe the, the third thing that God has given me is brokenness. He's looking for broken people. I don't mean broken, wounded. I mean, it's like you break a horse and when you break a horse, uh, the horse responds to your commands. So you can't separate uh, profound humility from brokenness. So uh, people who have been broken like a horse is broken and responds to the commands of his master. Uh, and, and then the fourth thing is repentance. And it's a God-ordained repentance. Uh, not, not a lot of people say, well, forgive me or this. I'm talking about, uh, about a, a revelatory thing 
where literally uh, repentance scripturally doesn't mean turning around. Many people say that it means changing your mind and not a mental changing our mind, but an encounter with God that literally changes the way we think and see things, which then does cause us often to go in a different direction. But that isn't the def definition, the turning around. It's the, it's the profound encounter with God that changes, transforms the way we look at, at something. So, so looking at the house, the container, identifying the boundaries, our identity. And then I believe, uh, well, and I want to say with that, John 12, 24, uh, Jesus said, let me make this clear, a single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died. You and I are the one grain God is looking forward to die to ourselves, die to whatever is of ourselves so that we can literally be rebirthed into the fullness of God's destiny for us. The, the third big point that I wanna make is in with the Toronto Vi revival, we we had a marvelous um, uh, revelation of the Father's love and and seeing God from the perspective of 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 somebody whose lap we could crawl up on and and call him our daddy, and that's one aspect of the Father. But another aspect of the Father is he's not just our daddy. I, I had a great father, and I can remember being on my father's lap before I ever started school. I could remember uh, really precious moments with my father, tender moments and where my father just loved me. But then my father also came as the judge. And this is what I believe. I believe Bishop was speaking to that, that God is coming as the judge in this season, that there was another side of my father that if I erred at all, uh, all he had to do was look at me and, and bingo, uh, I immediately straightened up because uh, I had a, a right kind of fear and respect uh, for authority and that God is coming as the judge in this hour and judge means to evaluate, to weigh, to measure and, and how are we measuring up, uh, et cetera, to who he has said. And I believe that God is wanting to restore, uh, not, I don't believe he is, I know he's wanting to restore the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is a revelation of God as our judge. How is our behavior? How is our life being lived for him? How is it measuring up to his expectations? How are we uh, lining up with biblical reality, biblical truth, etc.? Uh, somebody mentioned reformation. I can't remember. I believe that God is is um, reworking the wineskin again. We he, we've been talking about that for a long time, and I believe that many people have put form before function, but form always follows function. And we've got to to uh, what is how is the Holy Spirit coming in this area and therefore how do we need to create the structure 
that allows the function to flow in all of its greatness. We are in an incredible time of revival and awakening. We are in a now time. I believe that it's gonna uh, roll out across this land uh, that we're in an awesome time. I believe that the fear of the Lord is going to begin to fall on the church in a new way. It's going to hit the church first. The, the churches that can hear the voice of the Lord are going to come into a tremendous time of true repentance and of shifting so that God can literally move out from them and roll awakening out across this nation. Uh, and, and, and with that, I believe that God is, is going through a massive reordering of how we uh, function as, as uh, individual bodies in the greater body of Christ, as well as the greater body of Christ. And then uh, probably the last thing I want to say is I believe worship is key. Uh, I believe that the Lord really spoke to me that, that people have been very demonically oriented at times and we've looked at all the, the issues in the nation. We, we, we can see things at work, Jezebelic, you know, Leviathan structures, but, but God really spoke to me about coming in worship, that worship is our weapon of warfare in this season and worship releases wisdom and wisdom sits at the door and uh, shuts the fool's mouth. If you look at, if you put Proverbs one and Proverbs eight together. And uh, for me, there's a, there's a tremendous anointing being released in the place of worship that is literally overwhelming, overcome, filled with angelic activity. And I believe God is releasing in that true place of worship, uh, a, a place where he comes in all of his power, all of his glory, and uh, that we're not to look at all the chaos, or we're, we're to get our minds off of the chaos, and all, yes, it's there, it is darkness, but uh, somebody said, Isaiah 60, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I believe that the church itself is in its greatest day, that we are rising and shining. And I, Isaiah uh, 30, verse 15, in that place of worship, I believe we come into such a place of unity and uh, with God, with his word, with his presence, that uh, Isaiah 30, 15 uh, becomes such a reality. It says that in returning and rest, you'll be saved. And then the second part of that is um, uh, in quietness and confidence will be your strength. That I have purposely turned off a lot of information from the outside because it can keep me in chaos. It can keep me in confusion. I need to hear clearly from God. I need to have a clear relationship with God so that I need to move forward revelatorily, not out of any human mindset, but revelatorily into the future with great confidence, great hope, because God will have the final church. He will have the final word. He is building his church in this season. And there is coming, even in this year, I believe it's going to be a very difficult year, but in the midst of it, the remnant 
that really sees God is going to come out with greater victory, greater breakout, greater glory. Multitudes are going to be saved in the process. Healings are going to break out, miracles and all of that. So just thanks for this opportunity to share my heart and what yeah. I see. Yeah, so good, Barbara. Thank you so much. Barbara, you had a video that um, I think maybe we can lead people to if they wanted to watch is a revelation that you sent. And actually, Patricia and I were listening to it in the car one day. Um, it had so much glory on it. Uh, how can people just watch that? They want to hear more of what you're sharing, what God's saying. Can they go uh, to your Facebook page, Shekinah on YouTube? Uh, it, you can go to Shekinah on YouTube. I'm trying to think of, it's something like uh, what God's looking for, for from us. I'm looking it up real quick here. Uh, okay, we'll come back. We'll come back to you at the I end. Can, of I can put it can... on the link. If uh, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Put it on uh, the link for everyone to see. But let's jump into Chasden. Our time is getting away from us. Chasden Strickland is a new friend of mine. I'm so happy that he's going to run with us a little bit. And so um, uh, he is. They pastor out of Jacksonville, Florida. Him and his wife. And we're so happy to have your voice on here, Chasden, to share what God's saying. Uh, welcome, Chasden Strickland. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to begin to release the word of the Lord with you all. Um, look up to all of you. So it's a, just a tremendous blessing for me. Um, I want to share what the Lord um, has given me. Um, and I want to say that really for me, this word really began in 2020. Um, and I believe that 2020 uh, marked the beginning of a of an era that the world, but also that the church has stepped into. And something I noticed when I was um, coming into 2020 was that we began to see spiritual warfare um, sort of earmark many people's ministry in the body of Christ. Many times throughout uh, moves of God, whatever manifestation we tend to see um, was connected to what God was doing, especially when it was something that was being released at large. And so the Lord began to speak to me, um, and he told me that deliverance ministry in this hour that we're beginning to see increase even the more is actually not a um, trend. It is because the context that prophecy, prophetic promises begin to come to pass. Um, in 1 Timothy 1 and 18, um, Paul actually tells Timothy, he commends him to war with the prophecies that were released to him. Um, and it gives us an understanding that there are prophetic words that are not going to come to pass outside of the context of spiritual warfare. And so the Lord spoke to me um, and he began to say one of the reasons that we started to see deliverance ministry um, sort of uh, become a highlight uh, for many around the body of Christ um, as we stepped into the era that we're in um, is because the Lord is setting his people free. Um, the Lord is freeing his people so that they can begin to walk in the manifestation of many things that they have said. And so this will be a time of recovery, but many of these things will be recovered within the context of spiritual warfare. Many of these uh, promises and delays things that have been delayed, God is going to begin to break them as his people rise up in prayer. So God is beginning to release uh, more and more revelation of his glory. And the spirit of God is bringing an upgrade to the ministry of deliverance 
Um, and, and I'm so thankful for the foundations that have been laid in that ministry, but the Lord is beginning to increase and release more secrets and mysteries concerning the ministry of deliverance. And as the body of Christ begins to further embrace that, they will see more and more people walking into the freedom. So God is setting his people free in this time so that they can step into the manifestation of many things that they are set, that, that God has said. Um, the other thing that I began to sense prophetically as we were coming into the year of 2022, um, all throughout 2020, um, I kept seeing the number 222. Um, and I'm not actually accustomed to God speaking to me in that way. Um, and so, I mean, when I say I saw it everywhere, I mean, I would go to a hotel, uh, it would be the room I was in or it, the street signs um, and all types of different things. Uh, but it became so reoccurring that at least two or three times a day, I would see the number 222. Um, and I knew God was speaking something to us that was very uh, uh, pivotal um, about this particular year that we stepped into. And what I believe God was saying to me is that um, he was highlighting this year that this will be a time of unveiling. The Lord is about to unveil many things. We're gonna see this um, in different um, areas, different uh, pillars of our society. But as far as the church, uh, we're gonna see an unveiling. Um, and the scripture that came to me was actually um, in Luke um, when John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his revealing. And it says that he grew strong in the spirit. Um, and there was a preparation for the days that God was going to use John the Baptist, but he remained in the wilderness all the way up until the time of his revealing. And God has been preparing uh, a new breed um, of apostolic and prophetic people that the Lord is about to unveil um, all across the world, but particularly in America, because God is about to restir the apostolic and the prophetic movement. Um, in 2020, I believe that we stepped into a global reset. Um, I believe I saw that prophetic word released many times. Um, I agree with that word. But now we are beginning to step into um, a restirring of the apostolic and the prophetic um, that, that God is bringing and is already happening now. He's beginning to restir um, the, the apostolic and the prophetic. The waters are being troubled. Um, and we are about to see uh, the glory of God be increased um, within these movements in a way that we have not seen in a long time. And I mean, I'm talking about the glory of God is about to really be revealed um, in these particular movements. And we're about to also see the unveiling of fresh um, and new apostolic voices, um, but also the Lord is amplifying the voices of those that have been faithful. Um, and that was what the Lord spoke to me coming out really of 2020, that he is about to amplify the voices of his remnant church. And so this is a time where the remnant of God, the remnant church is going to um, come to the forefront. And this includes people that we have never heard of. God is about to start to raise them up and use them for the glory of God. He's been preparing them in the wilderness. So get ready. God is about to release new voices um, that we have never seen before. Many of them, it will look and we'll say, where did they come from? Um, but as they come, uh, there will be a quantum leap of just uh, promotion, breakthrough in the gates of destiny opening up for many of those individuals. Uh, the other thing that I also um, began to hear God um, speaking to me was that um, beginning in 2020, we saw an acceleration of many demonic agendas. We began to see these demonic agendas seemingly to accelerate all the way to the point where people begin to talk about things like uh, believing we're in the end of the world and you know things like that. Um, I don't really want to get into the eschatology and things like that, 
But the Lord told me that this year we would begin to see the frustration of many of the enemy's plans and strategies. Um, and we would see the acceleration of the agendas of the agenda of heaven. We will see the hand of God moving in this year um, through his remnant church. Um, and it will be evident because we will begin to see the exposure of many uh, different um, of Satan's agendas and those that the enemy is using within the world we, and even systems that he is using. We're going to start to see um, the, the cover being pulled off, things that are hidden, things that have been kept secret. We're going to continue to see um, things be unveiled. And God spoke to me. Um, and, and I'll stop here. He told me that this is a time where the Lord is releasing verdicts um, from the courts of heaven. And so these verdicts that are being released, God is bringing swift justice um, really into America. Um, and we're going to continue to see the unveiling of many things that are taking place because God is delaying and frustrating the forward movement of the enemy, the ground that the enemy uh, believed that he had gained. And the church is about to regain ground and territory that the enemy has taken. We're about to see divine acceleration of the promises of God. And this is why God is um, arming his church, equipping his church um, in spiritual warfare. Wow, I love that chance. It's so good. And uh, it's true. If you if God's raising you up in the wilderness in due time and due season, uh, God will use you. But it's great that you be you get strong in the wilderness, strong in that time. And so, all right. Well, we want to welcome uh, Jamie Galloway. Jamie is an amazing seer. He's one of my favorite seers in our generation. And so I so appreciate. He's just such a stellar character stellar just so much i appreciate about him so jamie let's hear what god's saying for this year elizabeth thank you yes uh, i'm excited about what god wants to do this year and uh, thank you for letting me be a part of this everybody uh that has been releasing their word uh it's it's so awesome because it's like um uh, we're all just looking at the same thing from different perspectives we all have a different set of eyes looking at the same thing and, uh, and then we give language to what it is that God is saying about that. And so I really am excited about this year. And, um, but I was excited even last year. I was excited the year before that. And I didn't end with disappointment. And I don't think that God intends for us to end this year with any form of disappointment. And so because of that, we're going to have to guard our hearts. And it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And Elizabeth, I've been seeing the Lord wanting to clean house and begin with our heart. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And so God wants to begin to establish our desires in him uh, to become a tree of life, a sustainable resource of life-giving energy. And so God wants to do that. And, uh, and so this is going to be an incredible year, but it's also going to be a difficult time. And um, I'm going to tell you a dream that I had that I really believe is significant for this year and the next year. It's the next two years, if you will. And so uh, right at the beginning of the year, just at the tail end of last year, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was with my wife and we were at the airport and we were loading up. And uh, as we were going through the airport, I was just looking at the airport and I was pretty amazed by this airport. And I saw this older gentleman. And he had waved me over. He said, come over here. I want, I want you to, I want, I want to show you something. And uh, he was a, he was a stately, he was just an older gentleman, 
like like there's something special about him, something almost uh, uh, magnetic about him. And he had white hair. I mean, it was like white. And uh, I looked at him and I thought in my heart, this guy looks similar to my grandfather, but he's not my grandfather, but I know him. Somehow I know him. And so he begins to talk to me about his bride. And he says, man, I miss my, I miss my wife. I miss my bride. And I got to get back to her. And I'm thinking in my head while he's telling me this, that he's saying that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of filling in the blanks that maybe his, his bride had passed on and she went on into heaven and he was waiting because he was at his old age uh, to be reunited with her. But he just kept on going on about how he needed to get back to his bride as quick as possible and that he was ready. He was eager and he was trying and attempting to get back. And so he said, but this year, I want you for the next two years, I want you to do something for me. And I looked at him, I said, what is that? And he said, I want you to live in my shoe. <laughs> and so I said, to live in your shoe? And he goes, yeah, come with me. And instantly, my wife and I, we were in his shoe. But it wasn't small, it was big. It was, it was enormous inside. And you know, dreams, dreams are fantastic, but they are also so symbolic. And so uh, we were walking around in his shoe, and he just began to explain to me that the next two years are going to be very challenging for many people who are on the outside of this shoe. And I said, well, what do we do? He said, remain in this shoe, because he said the next two years are going to be very difficult if you're not. And he said, and I've got to get going right now because I got to get back to my bride. I need to get to her. And immediately the dream ended. I knew in that moment that after I woke up that that man was the Lord, that he was actually speaking to me about his bride. And it wasn't that his bride had gone on into heaven, but that he himself wanted to return to his bride and he wanted to be reunited with his bride. And he was so eager to do that. And so he said, I want you to live in my shoe. And what does that mean? Well, the scriptures tell us that we are shod with the preparation of the shoes of the gospel of peace, and that God wants to put upon us the peace of God that passes understanding, and it's in his peace, the, 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 the peace of God, that he says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And so his shoe represents the shalom of God, that it is time to rest in the shalom of his presence. There's a lot of things that are attempting to steal your peace right now. They're trying to take your peace. And don't be distracted by all the taunts of the enemy, all the intimidation that the enemy is trying to, uh, to do against you. Instead, remain in the peace of God. Remain in the shalom of God. And that shalom is so, more is, is so much more powerful than uh, any kind of peace that the world can give. The world attempts to give us peace, but it's only temporary. But the shalom of God is something that we can have in the middle of the trouble, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of hardship. And so he says, rest in my peace, because it's going to get really hard for those who are on the outside who do not know how to rest in the shalom of God. And so I believe that this year the enemy is going to try to come and intimidate God's people. But we need to begin to be steadfast in our faith and steadfast in the peace of God. And so God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of love, of power, and a sound mind. And I really believe that we need to begin to say yes to him, not only for the power and the love, but a spirit of a sound mind, that the spirit of a sound mind is the ability to remain at peace in the midst of conflict, to remain clear-headed when the enemy is trying to cause confusion. And so if there has been a war against your mind, if there has been a war against your imagination, against your thought life, and trying to take you out, the enemy is trying to play a hand against you that the peace of God can triumph over. And so if you understand this, that you're in a battle right now, God wants his peace to rest upon you. And he wants us to get to a place where we can actually give our peace away. We can actually impart our peace. You know, when Jesus says, when you go and and someone receives you as you go, he says, leave your peace there as if it's something that you can actually impart to the atmosphere that you are invited into. And so God wants us to remain in his peace and also to carry his peace in such a way that it can actually be imparted to the world around us. This is a year that you're going to have to defend everything that God has given you. You're going to have to defend it. Uh, You're going to have to protect it. You're going to have to guard the glory of God and then guard the possession of your inheritance. You need to begin to put your stake in the ground and say, this is mine. It's not going to be taken by the enemy. It's not going to be taken by anybody else. It is mine. It belongs to me. It was given by my father. And so the enemy wants to come and take some stuff from us. You know, there's a story of David and Goliath that is just absolutely phenomenal that I really believe is such a, uh, a symbol of what it is that is taking place right now, where God is raising up the Davids to go against the Goliaths, these giants that are coming to taunt the people of God. But w- when David stands up, he doesn't say anything about right or wrong. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's, he's not talking about right and wrong, like this guy's r- wrong and we're right. He talks about covenant. He says, who is this guy? Who is this giant who is not part of the covenant? And so God wants to restore us back to covenant, back to the promises of God. And I believe that revelation was what fueled David to defeat the giant uh, that, that had literally taunted Israel for 40 days. And so he wants to restore his promises to you. And so he's going to begin to open your eyes to see the promises of God as you remain in the peace of God. Jesus is coming, and we, we know he is. But until then, remain in his peace. Be faithful with the talents that he's given you. Be faithful with everything that he's put in your hand and guard the possession that he's given to you. Do not let it go. So then after David defeats Goliath, he inspired a generation. And this generation that came up underneath him were known as David's mighty men. And 2 Samuel 23 describes them. And one of them, I believe, is so key to the time and the season that we're living in right now. His name was Shammah. And maybe you know this because the Lord is also called Jehovah Shammah or Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. And so there was a man named Shammah or Shama, and he was guarding a hill of beans. And it says that the Philistines came and tried to take over this hill of beans. It was a hill of lentils. And uh, everyone fled. 
they all fled from this possession that they had, and they just probably all undervalued what it was. They all, it's just a hill of beans. Just let it go. But it tells us that Shema guarded that hill of beans. He defeated the enemy, and he protected that land from the enemy coming in, possessing it. Do not look at what God has given you with a wrong set of eyes. You got to see it in the right way. If you just look at it like it's just a hill of beans, you're going to miss out on what God is saying, because that hill of beans might actually be promised land. Do not give promised land up to the enemy this year. So guard your territory and just stay in the peace of God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard you, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God bless. I love that, Jamie, so good. And so we need to just make sure, I love this saying it, that's kind of a little bit going around now, you know, fear sometimes can look like wisdom. And so what happens is people get into fear, they don't even realize they're operating. God needs us in faith and he needs us to live in his peace. Um, you know, in this last season, we saw so many in the body and, you know, we are such encouragers of the body to build them up. But walking in fear and thinking that was a Lord and it's not, you know, we need to have peace guard our hearts and our minds and we need to walk in faith in this season. I love that. Such a great word, Jamie. You know, we're going to end, um, uh, wrap it up right now. And so I wanted, uh, Kim Owens, if you can pray, um, after I share a couple of things really quick before we leave, um, that would be great. Cause I, I believe that she's a forerunner, um, her husband, her daughter, or their whole church is a forerunner for what the church is going to look like you know um and we're going to be on fire for god the church and local church are going to be on fire for god we're going to see just a move of the holy spirit so um one thing before we leave is uh, just a reminder that we are coming to our we prophesy northeast is going to be january 22nd talk about 22s uh january 22nd i will it's free and no registration come um in basking ridge new jersey at king of kings and so we are going to come we're going to prophesy and pray over that region we work with the local apostles in the region as prophets and um then uh if you have been impacted, I really want to challenge people to give into some of these. If you there was something you heard here that really encouraged you, um, or you felt like, hey, this is what God's speaking to me, I want to partner with that, please go so financially into uh, these ministries. And so they're doing amazing work for Jesus. And I'm so sorry, our friend Joshua Giles last minute could not get on. So if you were on here <laughs> looking for Joshua, he last minute couldn't um, get on. And so he just sends his greetings. But um, I'm so excited about this year. I do agree, even darkness, our light's going to shine even more in darkness. So I'm excited about that. So thank you all so much for being on. And so Pastor Kim, if you could um, close us out in prayer, that'd be awesome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for being with us and everything that has been spoken uh, this afternoon. And we just thank you for the leading of your spirit and these amazing, the amazing unity uh, that has been on this uh, broadcast today, Lord. And I pray that it go deep into our hearts, um, not just for the next uh, day or two or week, uh, but all year throughout this year. And Lord, let it resonate and continue to uh, build us up and, and, and move us forward. And I just decree that now that we will move forward. We will move forward in the name of the Lord and we will move 
forward in peace. And I just can't uh, say enough how uh, I appreciate that word on peace because the Lord has been speaking that loudly to me here lately, just the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. He told me just recently, our level of peace determines our level of effectiveness. And so I just come into agreement with that. And several of us spoke about the remnant and uh, I just want to just pray over that just for a moment that the Lord is gathering the remnant and that remnant will know the peace of God and will walk in the peace of God. And yes, we'll share the peace of God, but also that peace of God is going to help us govern and legislate to the degree that we need with the battles that will be facing us. And so I just pray right now, Lord, that the remnant will be strengthened. The remnant will be lifted up. The remnant will be confident in the anointing that the, 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 the a common anointing uncommon anointing and the undeniable authority that you're going to place on us, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we would shed past protocols, Lord, not trying to use old wineskins and old protocol in this new season, but that we would glean from the strategies for such a time as this in the name of the Lord. And Lord, I thank you now that as we move forward in this year, that in the battles that we have to face and any of the decisions that we have to make will be ordered by the throne room and the courts of heaven in the name of Jesus. And by the end of this year, when we get to December of 2022, we will know by the fruit that we see behind us that the King, the Lord has gone before us and passed through the gates and we are passing back uh, uh, behind him. And Lord, we know that we will have gained ground for your kingdom at the end of this year. Strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen us by your spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 So good. Good. Thank you guys for joining us for what is God saying for 2022. We'll see you next time.